Lucian cast. Matt, go. I, I'm, I, I'm here. <laughs> I was. I, I. That sounded like a cartoony reaction, but I was completely unprepared for that. <laughs> well, maybe if you had listened to my leads before, you would have caught it. <laughs> nice. Wow. If if someone is actually watching Big Wind Up week to week with us, which I kind of doubt and am I... totally okay with, that would have been hilarious. But considering the fact that I watched it with you like an hour ago and didn't get the joke, <laughs> I, I don't know how how well that plays. I don't know how well that's gonna play, but whatever. Uh, I'm gonna go with it. Okay. So hey, uh, cool. So. Uh, Welcome to Koshi and Cass, of course. So, uh, my name is Matt, and joining me today, as you can guess, is a very special guest, Matt. Hey. Hey, so we are covering week hey, Did two. you introduce me twice? I'm already I... here. Like, you don't... <laughs> we have a script. You don't have to read it. Like, there's no law binding you to read it. Well... I'm, t- I'm taking over. Uh, this is week two of the summer anime season. Uh, we're going to be covering all sports anime from July 9th to July 15th. Um... Matt, I believe that we have a uh, question of the week. This is a, the second part of the question we got last week from Matt L. Um, yes. Would you go ahead and read that for me? Yeah, no problem. So, uh, our, uh, he asks, which show is the best one that you have covered? Uh, just a gut feeling. And then the same question uh, for the worst one we've watched, minus Tiger Mask. <laughs> Um, so the way we're going to treat this is like we have done with the other review episodes, where we're going to treat it as a draft. Um, so Matt's going to pick his best one, uh, and then I'm going to pick my best one, and then worst one. Um, one other thing I want to point out as well, just real quick before we start, I don't think Tiger Mask would come even in contention for one of the worst ones. I don't think it would even make bottom three. Yeah, I mean... If only because of the last episode, which really picked it up. But even without it, I don't think it would be bottom three. Um, yeah. But I, I, I'm guessing that uh, Matt L asked that because we'd been sort of we'd been harping on Tiger Mask recently. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not our true foe. Yeah. No. No. It is not even one of the worst. All right. So, do you want me to go first? Please, by all means. Okay. So, with uh, my first pick of the best anime round, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I am going to select Haikyuu Season 3. Darn it! <laughs> yeah, obviously. It's the best one! Um, <laughs> the, yeah, it, it just stands out as being... It, it, it puts together everything that was great about the first two seasons. Um, it manages to have... A balance of flashback and action that I didn't think it was going to. I really thought it was going to drag, but they managed to keep the tension high, despite it being centered around a single game the whole season. They really have, like, eight of the ten episodes are basically just the one game. Um, but the action is good, the animation's amazing, the characterization, they feel like there's... It really feels like a culmination to everything the, the show had been doing so far. And it's pretty lean. You know, they do right. all that in 10 episodes. Um, and they get a lot more accomplished than most shows can do in 24. Um, so it just stands out. It was a show I liked already going in. Um, and it really lived up to the hype in a way that uh, was exciting. Yeah, you know what? And I definitely would agree. Um... I would say, I think it is, it, it's so funny because it's like the story isn't even close to being over. I am still excited to see more of how that continues. Mm-hmm. And even so, even if for some reason the anime were to not continue on, I would actually be okay with this being an ending point. Yeah, I agree. Because it ends it's well. Because ri- it's written in such a way where it does, like the entire season actually feels like a complete story. You do need to have some knowledge of Haikyuu, but honestly, it works almost as a short story in addition to being a continuation of a beloved series. Uh, I would definitely agree with you. I think it is maybe one of the most technically perfect shows that we have watched. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and yeah, and it's going to continue to be that, hopefully. Um, All right, you want to take the second pick? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the second pick of the first round of my... <laughs> First of one pick, uh, I am going to go with uh, March Comes In Like a Lion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of an interesting one for me, because when I started watching it, I didn't really like it. 
Uh-huh. Uh, I thought it came off a little pretentious, to be honest. Uh, but the more I watched it, and the more I understood of what it was doing, I really grew to love it a lot. There's a lot of... I want to say heart. That Maybe that sounds pretentious as well. <laughs> but there is so much that it does with the animation uh with telling a story like just like sometimes it doesn't even make a lot of sense but there's just something about it like like the scene where you the elongated scene where you just watch mr smith eat breakfast for like five minutes and it's so it seems so pointless like why they would do that but but it's so memorable it's so memorable it's like and they have just constant scene after scene of this just for like the animation and the way it constantly is subverting your expectations yeah. uh, with how the character relationships are going to play out. Like it feels like it's constantly introducing characters that you're supposed to view in a very blank, like, like they, they are supposed to represent one extreme personality trait. And then as the series continues, you find out more about who they are mm-hmm. and you find out just how much complexity there actually is to their character. No. I agree. Uh, yeah, that was, that probably would have been my uh, number two if if uh, you'd gone first. Um, it really subverted expectations. It was great because it was a slow burn, um, and that's again one of the reasons I'm glad we're doing the show because I think if I'd watched the first couple episodes, I might not have kept up with it. Right. Um, but because we were doing this, I was really glad I got to see something special. Um, so Matt, with the the second round for the worst. Worst show you've watched for for this podcast. Uh, do you want to take the first pick? Uh, I will take the first pick. Um, I'm debating between two, and there because I am. I want to say one, but I almost want to say the other, just because I don't know if you will select it. Uh, don't I, don't don't get too strategic about it. Just follow your heart. Okay, that's right. He did say gut feeling, so I'm gonna have uh, gut feeling. I'm gonna have to go with days. Wow. Um, okay. All right. We have discussed this, at least between us, in the past. Because I think even when we were reviewing it on the show, our reaction was like, this is really bad, but I would not say... But, you know, it's like, it's not the worst thing we've ever watched. It's certainly a weird bad that we haven't really seen. Um, But I think what's uh, what really gets me about it... I don't think if it was... Like, if it wasn't so popular, I don't think i would actually hate it as much as i do um because the what i dislike about the fact of like what i dislike about its popularity is that this is a show that really idolizes very toxic behavior yeah um this is a show that idolizes um and like encourages people to work themselves to the bone to like like to basically self-abuse yourself but tells you that there will be a reward at the end for doing so Uh it doesn't really show you any step of the process all it just says is oh just run for a while and you'll get good eventually and people will understand because you're trying so hard like that has it has a scene where Tsukamoto is crying to himself because like he's just so tortured by the fact that he missed a shot Despite the fact that everybody is crediting him with winning the game, like, the big game. Yeah, it really encourages perfectionism and never being good enough and, like, mindless effort over technique. Um, And, like, a lot of things that happen in sports and end up hurting kids. Right. And Um, it just really rubs me the wrong way that people are, like, I'm not going to say it's, like, the biggest series or anything like that, but I think we saw, like, on the top 20 or, like, the top 50 selling manga for last year, Days was on there at least, like, somewhere in the middle of the list, and that really got me a little bit. Well, yeah, and, I mean, they were able to announce a second season on the last episode, so clearly they had some momentum. Yeah, um, definitely. No, I agree with you. Uh, that is a, a pretty bad one uh, for the second pick of and final uh, <laughs> uh, pick of this very silly draft. Um, I'm going to go with Cheer Boys. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I might have done days, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Cheer Boys just not because it's particularly malicious or uh, hurtful. But just because I think it's the most incompetently told story that we have watched. Um, Interesting. 
mostly because you know it, it goes along one track and then it the show panics because it like is afraid that something isn't working so it tries to introduce a million new elements it doesn't justify them or explain them uh and then they run out of budget so the very thing that you're there to see which is boys cheering is something that they don't show because they can't <laughs> manage to animate a single cheerleading scene uh so it completely falls apart the only interesting characters are sidelined um and it, it just became incomprehensible and unwatchable at the end for me wow wow uh i am actually shocked by that pick i don't think i would that would even make the top like the bottom three for me wow um well goes to show that even though we have the same first name we're not the same person um <laughs> so uh appreciate again the uh the question of the week uh from matt l we appreciate his uh, thorough email if anyone out there wants to be the question of the week, of course, uh, just shoot us an email at koshiancast at gmail.com um, or message us on social media and uh, we'll get you on here. So yeah. all that prefacing aside, like 10 minutes of prefacing in, um, <laughs> would you uh, like to actually talk about uh, currently airing anime? I would love to do that. All right. Right. So welcome to the ballroom episode two. Uh, this follows up directly uh from last time where uh, tatara is sort of getting used to the new studio and he's getting assigned a couple teachers and he's trying to prepare and get more accustomed to the routine of training uh he ends up witnessing a competition where she sees uh his classmate shizuku uh dancing with her partner hyodo uh they end up winning the competition and Tatara is sort of, like, uh, concerned or jealous and not really sure how to evaluate Hyodo, but he event uh, eventually ends up learning that Hyodo is really dedicated, he trains on his own all the time, um, and so he's able to learn something and start to imitate the waltz because he's watching uh, Hyodo's performance. Um, ultimately, uh, Tatara, he observes Hyodo working, and he's able to project Shizuku's shadow, as in he like he can dance by himself, but right. he can dance as if he's with Shizuku. Uh, and by the end of the episode, Tatara uh, can do the same. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, I don't know what it is about the series. Like, I am watching the series, and I'm seeing it, like, check off things in my mind. It's like... Yeah, that was pretty good. I liked that. I liked that. I'm trying to figure out why I'm not that into it, though. Um, it, it's definitely good. Um, I think my big problem is that I'm not really rooting for Tatara yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think I think what came off is like it was just kind of. Dull, like I, I don't know. There, there was just something about it that you, maybe it was just because we don't know enough about him yet that it, it right. felt like it was just too simple for him to dive in and just be like, oh, okay, I'll do this all the time now. You know, you don't really get any sense of his right. life outside of it. Right. Um, to me, the most compelling character is Sengoku, but he's never gonna be that human character that you need in the show because of his role as sort of being like the crazy person slash coach right yeah it, yeah it, it's like fujita i understand what his ultimate goal is gonna be he's gonna be he wants to become the guy who can kind of win over people i guess like he doesn't have a lot of confidence and what he sees in ballroom dancing is this sort of powerful charisma that he desperately wants um but and i understand that and i i like how they display that with uh you know his sort of uh showing jealousy between hyodo and Shiz uh, shizuku mm -hmm. uh you know kind of his jealousy of their relationship and i do get that but he hasn't really done anything that really makes him terribly interesting beyond that like yeah i mean he, there were a couple of good characterization scenes like when he shows up to the studio and hyodo is there 
and he sort of like he looks down at Fujita. I, I called him Tadura. It's sort of like back and forth how they refer yeah, to him yeah. by, by his first name or last name. But um, he sort of looks down at him, and Fujita like he's uncomfortable with being looked at directly by this bigger guy who's kind of intimidating. So he just right. sort of like smiles and looks down at the ground, which is something he always does. And clearly he doesn't like that about himself. But I like the fact that just because he succeeded in the first episode, it's not like he fixed himself. Right. And, that, and that's definitely like a strong point of it. I, I really like the scene in here where uh, Shizuku was talking about Hyoto and she just sort of casually refers to him by first name. And in Japan, when you refer to somebody in uh, by their first name without an honorific, that's considered to be, you know, that's that shows that they have a very close personal relationship. Right. And uh, Tadara just sort of winces. And he's like, oh, shoot, did I miss my chance? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I like that stuff. Like, it's doing a lot of interesting things. I'm just not really sold on the story yet. I think the other thing about it is that I don't really know how ballroom dancing works. Yet, like, how is this being scored? Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully that's something once he actually gets to a competition, they'll have a lot of breakdown on that. Right. Um, because, yeah, basically what you saw this time was, like, they danced. And they win! <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I don't think that that... I think that's all we really needed from this particular yeah. scene. But it, Yeah, because we're kind of seeing it through his eyes, where he's like, I don't know what I'm seeing, but it's cool. Right. And I mean, I think that's fair. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I want to know what each of these individual steps mean for the entirety of the performance. And I realize that we are probably some of the only people who would actually care about that. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It does kind of distract me because I don't feel like I can really fully buy into the world until I know how this works. Yeah. One other thing that didn't quite work for me was the, like, weird perviness. Yeah. Showed up was... a couple. Like, like, what was it? The first five or ten seconds? Was yeah, just like, literally. Yeah. Looking it, it, at uh, the one of the teachers, Karen's breasts. Like, I mean, she was wearing yeah. a shirt, but just full-on shot of there's her press and they're bouncing and i was like there has to be more context to this this so, is uh, this is gonna be a tree or something nope that was it no i think i get what they were trying to go for in that scene because we are explicitly seeing this through fujita's eyes or yeah. tatara's eyes um i think we should and, just agree to call him fujita that's fair yeah so we uh we see this through fujita's eyes a lot of what he's trying to do with ballroom dancing, he is trying to have this sort of command of the of like women, I guess. Like command? He, I, I maybe that's a poor word, but you know, he wants to be that sort of debonair man that he saw in uh -huh. Sen Goku. That sort of like you know, he like maybe like command is the wrong word here, but sort of he, he wants to have that sort of charm. Yeah, he wants to be he, suave. Right. So he, we start kind of, I guess, he's sort of staring at her because she's not really meant to be, like, a sexualized character. You know, she's a much older woman, like, clearly middle-aged. And so I guess what we're supposed to get from that is that he's sort of uncomfortable almost. Like, he, you know, he's seeing these in his face and he doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. Almost. But... Yeah, Man, but that's... then there's that second scene halfway through the episode <laughs> where he just walks in on Shizuku changing and she, right. like, is just in a bra and he actually, like, yells at him and kicks him. But I'm like, you know, what is this? Love Hina? You know, what, yeah. what are we doing here? What... Right, and, and I mean, let's face it, like, starting off the episode with that, with, with the previous scene, was already kind of a bad move, I think. It kind of immediately sort of puts you off of it. it I feel like it has this understanding of, like, what goes into making a good story. Yeah. But I don't think it quite knows how to convey that. It has all these interesting ideas for scenes, but it, it doesn't seem to understand how displaying them is going to maybe put you off of the characters. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't exactly a highlight. Uh, I mean, th this show can definitely turn it around. It has the budget. It has the setup right. to do it. 
Um, but this episode wasn't it. I mean, at the very least, the ballroom dancing itself is fun to watch. Yes, I agree. Um, it's never going to be unpleasant in itself. Right. It just might not sweep sweep us off our feet. <laughs> hey, what do you say I dive right into our next show? Fine. <laughs> if you must. Okay, so uh, this is Dive, episode two. Uh, this episode is largely about the introduction of the new coach, uh, uh, Asaki. Uh, her whole thing is that she can pretty much tell how good a diver is going to be just by watching their form before they dive. Uh, and so she has them work on their uh, posturing for basically an entire day. Uh, and then uh, af- she ends up going on an away trip to for mysterious reasons. As opposed to uh, a not away trip? <laughs> yeah, she basically goes away on business for a while. And she but she leaves some uh work for she leaves some independent work for the other boys of the club to follow. Um the only one who seems to want to follow it though is the main character, oh, so uh Tomoki. Mm-hmm. And uh so and that's causing a bit of a divide between him and his friends. Uh what we find out though is uh, she went out to go find a super special diver, uh, Okitsu, who only dives in the ocean, but somehow gets convinced to come dive for them in a club. Right. And the episode sort of ends with Okitsu showing off how amazing of a diver he is. He's not very good at entrances, but, you know, he's got a really flashy dive. Yes. Um. So, I am of two minds of the show mm-hmm. um what i really like about it is the normalcy of how they portray uh tomoki's life i like that there's actually some conflict there with him trying to you know follow the rules well or mm-hmm. not really follow the rules but actually like follow the training regimen that was set out by asaki whereas the other boys are not the other boys in the club are not into it basically yeah yeah exactly and when they get it they're like well you can't make us do this you right. know and she's kind of like yeah i can't but if you want to do this there you go like if you really want to like get better this is what you got to do yeah um i i like the scene with asaki telling tomoki that you know he has some real potential because it makes sense why he would be so motivated to do this extra work you know he actually thinks he can he can go somewhere because you know he has this professional like you're like hey you have some real potential there whereas you know the other boys aren't getting that type of encouragement mm-hmm. and so naturally they're kind of blowing it off right um so you know I, I like that divide that's being set up there well yeah and there's another divide which i don't know is less well set up maybe so it appeared that when he was at home he was like going out to practice was that his brother that criticized him for going and, like, not being good enough to be with Miyu? I don't know. I didn't get that scene because when he looked... When, because when he looked back, his brother wasn't there, or whoever that was supposed to be wasn't there. Yeah. It just um, it was like this random character is criticizing how he is, like, with his girlfriend and saying that she should date me instead, but we don't even know who this person is, so why are we going to see this as a conflict? Right. The only thing I can think of is maybe he, maybe this is, like, a memory that he has. Um, there may be something, because we don't actually know a lot about uh, Tomoki's life, so he may have had, like, an older brother who was in, who may have had a relationship as well with his current girlfriend um, i don't know i don't think that was supposed to be a ghost that read pretty straight just as like oh when he looked back he had gone back in his room or or something like i don't think this show is trying to be that complex where like the main character has ptsd or something you know okay fair enough um, I don't know. That, that I don't would know. be great, but this is, like, quickly veering into Tiger Mask theorizing, you know? <laughs> um, You're not wrong. Yeah, no. The episode was fine. It, it's, like, that's the thing. The show is, like, serviceable, but it hasn't done much to surprise, right. surprise I, me yet. I need more Miyu because that, honestly, that, like, tough, awkward junior high relationship stuff was the right. only unique thing about the first episode. 
yeah, I'd say that. I, I do like the setup that they're doing here with the with like the different boy and like you know what the sort of like how this club is sort of like how this competition is maybe going to start tearing this club apart. Yeah, like, and I like the fact that even though she said you know I'm going to train you all to be prepared to to go for the Olympics, some of the boys are like eh screw it like i still don't want to work out you know right like, even if they're being given the path to be the best they're like eh, i don't want to you know like whereas a lot of sports anime would just be like like you know everyone on the team is going to do everything for the team at all right. times you know they're like oh no they're going to shut us down guess we have to be the best other you know these are authentic 14 year olds who are like oh no they're going to shut us down well what are you going to do <laughs> yeah kind of it's like oh shoot well i guess we're not gonna be able to dive here anymore and you know if this is how it's gonna be like if this is what it takes for us to survive as a club maybe we don't really want to do it anymore right but th uh, that's probably us imposing more characterization than we've actually gotten from the show perhaps but th that was kind of what i got from it uh i i'm not i but you know that's the part of the show i like what i don't like is is okitsu kind of I think his story is a little too crazy for a show that feels otherwise really grounded. Yeah, um, I mean, he's like he's a wild man with wild diving who only jumps into the Sagaru straight and sort of like, okay, well <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, you know, he will only jump into this area and his grandfather was this genius diver and he's like diving to like continue his memory. It's like, okay, guys, this is. Well, a it's not quite good. clear because what it sounded like happened was his grand, his grandfather dove at the Olympics, and everyone had huge expectations for him. But like something went wrong, right. and he's like, "Well, my grandfather hoped to discover something beautiful, but there was nothing there." <laughs> and you're sort of like, okay, like you keep talking about diving, but what, what are anyway? Yeah, it's getting a little soap opery. Yeah, I exactly. Think. Uh, but it, it, again, it sort of belittles the tone that they were kind of going for with the series in the first place. Yeah, I agree. Um, so someone else who got first place is, uh, Mikiura in Fastest Finger First. So let's... I'm giving you an X for that one. Oh, that's <laughs> fair. I mean, I doubted myself the entire time I was saying it. <laughs> Um, I could hear it. <laughs> yeah, it somehow somehow it came through over the mic. Um, but so this is episode two of the uh, fastest finger. First, um, Fukami uh, confronts Koshiyama and basically asks him why he hasn't joined the quiz team yet. Um, it's because he's a coward, basically. Right. And she she forces him. Uh, even if he doesn't join the club, she she forces him to go observe a quiz competition with her over the weekend. Um, and so they go, and they, uh, they end up at another high school, and there's three other high schools, and they're all like, okay, we're, we're going to do this competition. Sasajima tells the uh, uh, all the first years who are in the club, all three of them, that they he's entered all of them into the competition without them knowing. So they're getting their first taste of uh, a quiz show itself. Um, Fukami manages to get through the first round, um, but even though she has a little bit of trouble, she runs into a childhood friend, and there it's kind of awkward. Uh, and then Koshiyama, he initially is really intimidated by the competition. He doesn't know the norms. He messes things up. Uh, but his specialized knowledge manages to pull him through and he's able to advance to the second round of the tournament right so uh what would you say about the series like what what really struck you about this one well what really struck me <laughs> i mean i think i i think i'm gonna give this series a lot of credit just due to the novelty of it Right. Um, I like, I like the fact that even though it's supposed to be like a hyped up, intense contest, and you have these like extreme personalities and these super arrogant people that like, literally, they're just having this whole thing in an empty classroom and no one is watching. 
Right. Like, these are just a bunch of nerds who get together on the weekend to, like, ask each other <laughs> questions and answers, like, right. with a little mic to be like, eh, this is just like the real thing, you know? Um, so it, it's kind of funny that it's never, you know, they never try and portray it as anything cooler than what it is. Right. I mean, it, I mean, this is, it's already a pretty nerdy subject. Um, I will say I do kind. I, I'm kind of mixed on my portrayal of uh, Fukami. Uh, I what I really like about her is that she does seem to have her own history. Yeah, she does have her like. I really like the fact that she already has her own rivalry uh, developing here with uh, Yuki. Yeah. Or sorry, no. Yeah, you well, got no, it. No, Yuki. it was Yuki. Yeah. Um, I like. You know, she has her own storied history with it. It, it does give me a little bit of shades of baby steps having two, like, both a male and female character who have kind of their own separate stories that sort of converge at times. Well, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. Uh, and that's kind of the biggest positive I can... Uh, that, that's really what the most interesting thing to me about the show is. Uh, let uh, me guess on the negative. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it that they spent about a third of the show talking about the space between her high socks and her miniskirt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that got a little obnoxious. It's I, like, we get it. Absolute territory. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, the one thing I will say about that is that it makes... In the context of when it was first brought up, it does make sense... Because she she was kind of trying to test Koshiyama, because she was trying to see, it's like, okay, is this guy just, like, a creepy otaku who's stalking me, or is this guy just, like, like, is he actually, like, like knowledgeable? Right, is his focus just on academics, or does he have knowledge of, like, cultural stuff, right. or, like, cultural terms, and clearly he doesn't. Right, she's like, okay, that's interesting. So you're not really an otaku, you're just, you read a lot of books. Okay. Yeah. Um, what got, got annoying is that they kept bringing it back up. Yeah, no like, less than like, the glory of her mid-thigh. Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, you know. Okay, come on. You, you, can, do, like, you come can do on. that once, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, maybe. max. <laughs> right? Max. <laughs> <laughs> once you can kind of roll your eyes and keep going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but, and the weird thing is that it, like, it actually came, like, in a weird way, it did come back at the end, because it's why Koshiyama was able to win, yeah. because he buzzes in too quickly and manages to kind of take a freak guess, and it kind of works out for but him. But that was so forced, you know. Yeah, that was kind of forced. Uh, um, anyway, the one thing, one other thing I like about her while we're on the subject is, uh, have you noticed how unique her voice actor is? Like no, I haven't actually. I go back because I didn't notice it the first time, and then I saw some comments about it, and I was like, you know, based on her design and how these characters usually come off, they're often a lot higher pitched and like chirpy. Oh. She has a pretty low voice, and she talks with, you know, what seems like a more conversational accent. You know, she doesn't have right. this sort of like chirpy. Uh, idle inflection right um she really does sound like is a a much more normal girl who's having a normal conversation and not trying to impress anyone um right. and it's just when you when you listen to it hard you're like oh this does this sounds both very normal and un you know unlike anything you hear in anime yeah yeah i can like i think that may be where I, i'm also maybe getting some of the baby steps vibes from like in how it uh -huh. depicts a very normal natural world yeah exactly it's not trying to treat her as like some idol or some object right. you know it, it it i mean maybe sometimes it does in practice but at right. least in the characterization and the voice acting it, they're trying to make her sound like a normal high school girl right um which i appreciate um, I, I did get amused by the fact that they actually tried to introduce, like, the hot shot quiz, uh, like, yeah. uh, fa I don't know what the terminology they use for, like, players in this, but, like, the, the hot shot, like, quiz taker, yeah. like, yeah, I can get through this because he just keeps buzzing in as fast as possible and keeps blow, uh, blazing through, you know, he's sort of like this... Arrogant yeah, the guy. elite, the elite, uncaring champion of sitting in a classroom on a weekend and answering <laughs> questions. Right. Yeah. No, that that was great. I like. 
even though it's a little silly, I like having those extreme tropes. Yeah, kind of. Like, in these sort of weird types of series. Yeah, I agree. So speaking of weird types of series, (laughs) do you want to talk about uh, Clean Freak Aoyama? I would prefer not, but I'm going to have to. Um, Okay, bust through it, man. So this is kind of split into two halves. Uh, the first half is about the introduction of Mocha, who is who I guess is sort of their um, team manager of sorts. Uh, she's basically breaking into the room every night and cle- or breaking into their locker room and cleaning it without their permission. Uh, but she keeps leaving a calling card of a stuffed cat in Aoyama's locker. Uh, Aoyama recognizes her and she is thrilled to like be accepted as part of the team. Um, right. Or essentially, and they're gonna keep letting her do all this, like yeah. Basically. If you want to do our chores for yeah. us, I guess you can. Essentially, uh, and then the second half was about sniffing Aoyama's towel. Um, apparently, a rumor gets yeah. Started. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that, that's literally the entire second half of the episode. Is Sukamoto? I am not thrilled to have to say that name again. By the way. Uh, <laughs> Sukamoto starts sniffing uh, Aoyama's towel, and he starts spreading around about how mi- amazing it smells. And now, apparently, everybody wants to sniff Aoyama's towel. And yeah, like hundreds of people. Yeah, like the entire school. Um, and the end of the episode is Zaizen kind of shooing everybody away, but then he accidentally catches a sniff of Aoyama's towel. It reminds him of his mother, and he takes the towel home with him and refuses to have it washed. Um, so, Matt, you want to take this? I mean, what do, what do you say? What, what do you say? Uh, uh... You know, I'm going to be positive here for a moment. I'm going to detail three laughs I got out of this series. Okay. Or out of this episode. The first laugh was actually pretty early on. It actually set a pretty okay tone for me. Uh, it was when, um, it, it was like during this flashback with Mocha... Where she's th- because she has known uh, Aoyama since the beginning of the series, or since like elementary school. Since like elementary yeah. school, yeah. Uh, and there's a scene where she is sitting out on a ledge, dreamingly watching Aoyama uh, play soccer. And while she's kind of wistfully like thinking to herself, you can see in the background a teacher like calling out, That is very dangerous. Please get off that ledge. Um, somebody, can I get somebody over here? Yeah. Uh, that actually got a decent chuckle out of me um there uh there's another scene where they are cleaning up the balls and Aoyama is sort of stylishly kicking the soccer balls into the bin and he is actually specifically targeting Zizen as he is doing it yeah he's trying to bounce the balls off his head yeah basically just to see if he can do it I think if he had done it once it would have just been sort of an annoying gag the fact that it actually comes back and he ricochets it off the building to then hit him in the face that's actually pretty funny Um, And then, finally, during the scene where they are depicting everybody who's coming through, they kind of have this very elaborate um, portrayal of the different types of people, like the people who had heard the rumor, average students, and then at one point they just introduce a cat like that. Yeah, Yeah. that that was funny. I actually laughed at that, too. Yeah, it was just emblazoned with cat. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that was that was good. The the dancer is just like Sakamoto, who is he's the guy with the bowl cut and glasses who bounces a soccer ball on his butt all the time. Right, and that's that's his character trait. Um, he like he has a an anonymous rumor blog so that he can spread word about all you know like secrets about Aoyama. Uh, because he's just so obsessed with them, and like, I I don't get what what they're trying to do with the characterization of how many hundreds of people are obsessed with Aoyama, and what the, you know, I don't know. I'm not really making sense, but I don't feel like any of his adulation was earned. Like, again, we're gonna compare this to haven't you heard i'm sakamoto a lot <laughs> and with that one it's treated as like it's a straight comedy right you know and he, he's supposed to be cool because he actually does cool things right um in this aoyama 
just like washes his hands a lot and everybody freaks out they're like oh yama you're so good at washing your hands and it's like, and like okay he he doesn't actually do anything that any real person would be impressed by right like I, I guess it's supposed to just be an extension of how well he plays soccer you know how coolly he plays soccer how stylishly um and so you know i guess the joke is how much they are obsessing over just these minute things that he does yeah but i gotta agree with you like it doesn't like just making that a joke doesn't really work just saying it's a joke doesn't actually make it funny yeah um i i'm also not entirely excited about how mocha I guess I'm sort of torn on Mocha. How are you torn? She's awful. I don't disagree. I guess I don't really mind that Aoyama actually recognizes her. That does sort of place a character arc, maybe, for Aoyama. Um, yeah. Like at he has some, like, connection to something outside himself. Right. Like, he, he does like the cat... Like, he does like cats, but he's also not able to touch them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Actually, this is kind of a disturbing series for me, because they're kind of making a joke out of obsessive-compulsive disorder, almost. Well, yeah, and so that was a problem that I was thinking about from the first one and this one. Like, they can't make up their mind if it's a serious issue where, like... Because in the first episode, they're like, oh, you know, considering how difficult this is for him, isn't he doing great? Like, you should be proud of him, even though he's suffering like this. Or, like, they just make it goofy. Like, he sure likes being clean. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, clearly this is a real issue he really feels. But because right. they treat that status like a joke, it's not clear how to take it. Um, and also, they end up undermining it completely when they say oh, well, if it's the last five minutes of a game, I guess I don't have a mental disease. Well, the way I see it is that if it's the last five minutes, he can at least, like, he has enough time to kind of get out and, like, he can sort of, like, resist his urge, almost. Yeah, I guess, but, like, again, they don't, they're not really thinking. Right, no, you're right. they're, They're just treating it like... A f- fantasy mental illness that only affects you in funny ways yeah you know um Ugh. so uh continually uh, like honestly at this point this show is definitely the one i'm least looking forward to watching <laughs> uh but hey we've got 10 episodes left but who's counting um <laughs> so uh, speaking of counting uh you... nope i don't have one you do it <laughs> just talk about big blind up why don't you <laughs> they count stuff it's baseball yeah there's numbers in it like in every other sports series yeah there, but there's like baseball <laughs> has a lot of numbers yeah no you're not um wrong. all right so big wind up episode 15 uh starts off in the bottom of the first and tose is batting um their batters end up having a lot of trouble hitting off mahashi because he uh, pitches so slow that they're not really able to uh, adjust. And they end up going down after six pitches, so uh, Tose isn't able to score. Um, uh, in the top of the second, uh, the Nishiura is able to get a couple hits. Um, Junta, Tose's pitcher, is having trouble locating. Um and by the end of the inning, uh, Mahashi actually is on base. He gets caught in a pickle, and uh, Hane is trying to steal home, but it's not clear at the end of the episode whether Hanai scored before Mahashi was tagged. Right. So, um, I, I, this is a pretty good episode. Um, I really appreciate how, even though this is just one single game... Or, in like, this was only really covered, like, an inning. I would say about an inning's worth of content. Because we get the second half of, uh, of, uh, oh my god. You get the bottom of the first. Yeah, you yeah. get the bottom of the first, and then the first half the of the... top of the second. Yeah, top of the second. Um, so, but I, I really like how much they're able to convey, like, with each different episode. Like, like in this episode, we got a really nice depiction of Tosei. Uh, when the very first batter is struck out by Mihashi, uh, their coach just kind of calls him over and just, he threatens him, basically. 
He's like, yeah. hey, like, why did you swing at that first pitch? Okay. And, like, he doesn't show any understanding of that situation. He's yeah. just like, well, that was clearly a stupid pitch to go for. Why did you swing at it? And then why didn't you swing at this other one? Like, hey, but and I forget what which player he calls over, but he's like, hey, you want to play third base, right? Why don't you take? And it's like, it's like you mess up again. He's gonna take your he's gonna take your position there. And it, yeah. it's such a nice contrast to Nishiura because Momoe, even when she doesn't like what her what her players do, sometimes she tries to get into why they are thinking it. She tries to guide them. Yeah. Um, and I and I really like that sort of difference between this sort of, you know, again, it's not really a theme that we haven't seen before in other series, but I, I really appreciate the way that it's sort of depicted without really drawing that much attention to it. Yeah, no, it's showing like, hey, here's what toxic leadership does. Yeah. Um, because... I, I don't know. It didn't. Re- it wasn't really clear whether they were making a judgment of that coach, though. Whether the show was saying he was wrong for talking to them that way. I think they were because Mo- you can't imagine Momoe ever doing that, right? Um, but I'm just not sure because no no one on Tose reacted to it. That might just mean that they were used to it, though. But yeah, it was clear that the coach like wasn't interested in actually like what Momoe would have done was like okay. What did that pitcher do that tricked you? Right. And, like, I want to learn. This one is just saying, like, oh, they're a new team. They're a bad team. The only reason you struck out is because you must be stupid. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's putting all the blame on the players there rather than... Giving credit to the pitcher. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I also really like the difference between uh, Mihashi's pitching and... Uh, Tose's Junta. P- yeah, Junta. Uh, his pitching because they actually weirdly have very similar styles in that they both seem to have a lot of they Junta should have a lot of control but he's not but for whatever reason he can't seem to really control it as well as Mihashi like he's going for a lot of very similar types of pitches it feels like as Mihashi and that Mm -hmm. they're trying to do these same sorts of fake outs but Junta doesn't really quite have the same level of control and he keeps throwing balls that put them at risk well it's clear that you know this is him on a bad day right because he wouldn't be starting for tose which is you know the reigning champ if he didn't have a great great control and great velocity most of the right. time um, but there's just it's clear that there's something off and they're building up to like why yeah yeah definitely um yeah and i'm kind of interested in seeing how that's playing off because uh it felt like at first they were starting to undermine Tose a little bit because of Junta, but I really like that they kind of turned that around when, I don't remember who gets the hit, but it's a very clean, like, it's a very clean low hit, and Tose manages to work that into a double play. I think that was Mizutani. Okay, Mizutani. Okay, yeah, because yeah. he basically gets a really nice, clean, low hit. I th- Was it down the center? Yeah, it was up. It was up the middle, but and the second baseman managed to dive and catch yeah, it. Yeah, and it's just and like I love the first of all, I love the way that shot because you kind of see it from the ball's perspective as it's flying. Yeah, and you can see exactly. How, yeah, yeah, you can. I see was just how, gonna say that you're watching it, and I'm sorry, I'm totally interrupting. No, you're fine. But yeah, you're you're watching the ball. It's coming at you, and as the viewer, you're like, yes, it's gonna get through. It's gonna get through. And then this glove just flies in right at the last second, and you're like, no. So you really. <laughs> You react to it the way that you have to imagine yeah. they would be reacting to it in the dark. I think we both kind of, uh, we, we sort of, uh, we certainly reacted to it because we did a simul watch of this one. And we I, there was kind of this like, oh, sort of reaction from both of us as it happened. That kind of reaction? Yeah. An O kind? <laughs> well, I, I seem to distinctly recall us both being like, oh, whoa. Oh. Well, yeah. Maybe we did say that. Um... <laughs> So one one thing I want to highlight from uh, the bottom of the first, um, there was an interesting line that is pretty easy to miss. So the third batter for Tose, he was, you know, I, I, I didn't catch his name, but he was clearly one of the better batters on their team. Um, you know, he's trying to adjust to Mahashi's pitching. Right. And uh, so what he's, getting, he's just trying to figure out the timing. And Mahashi... Uh, decides to throw a curveball. So, you know, the effect of the curveball is that it goes in high and then it has a lot of topspin, so it dips low. So it has sort of like a dramatic arc. Right. Um, and But when it comes in, he 
he misreads it. So the batter reads it, and what he says is, it's an Ephus pitch, um, which is not a normal pitch, but it's actually... So the, the Ephus pitch is this historical anomaly that you barely ever see in professional baseball, but basically what it is is a pitcher will intentionally throw an incredibly slow pitch. So it's not like a changeup, which is supposed to be slow. It's just like they just toss it in. Right. You know, effectively, they're just tossing it without any spin, without any strategy. The whole thing is just to make it as slow as possible so the person swings early. Um, so he read it. Oh, he's trying to trick me with an almost unbelievably slow pitch that's just like being tossed in. But it was actually a curveball. So when he saw it coming in slow at that high angle, he's like, oh, I know where this is going to go because it doesn't have spin on it. But because it was just an incredibly slow curveball, he ended up uh, getting under it more than he would have. if. It right. was. So anyway, that's a lot more words than maybe I need to say about this. <laughs> but I, like, I, I, I really like the fact that the show throws out baseball jargon right um and doesn't feel the need to explain every little bit of it they explain the important parts right. but you you wouldn't have like missed anything for not understanding it but because i pay some amount of attention to baseball i was able to like really enjoy the fact that he thought he knew what it was but he misread it as being this very uncommon kind of pitch right and it's interesting because i actually i didn't men- i didn't catch the part about the ephus pitch I did notice the part where he was talking about how he hit it, like, how he hit it too low. Um, or was it too low or too high? It was too low. Yeah, it was too low. Uh, and because what I was thinking about that as well is that that could have been a situation where it could have been, like, where Mihashi could have, like, thought to himself, like, oh no, he still got a hit out of it, what, I, what do I do? It was still a situation, though, that even though he did get a, na- a good hit off of it, first of all, it was still just a foul, but that mm-hmm. managed to get turned into an out. Yeah. Um, and I guess what I like about that is that even though he still did kind of succeed in getting a touch on it, he was still kind of forced into that situation. It wasn't as if, though, that felt like it was a lucky out. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, he was unable to get a clean hit. Right, and there, you know, that there was his failure, essentially. And that it was still a result of Mihashi's strange pitch mm-hmm. yeah i agree so uh the the last strange pitch i have for you is <laughs> how about you talk about encouragement to climb oh i suppose okay so we covered episodes 21 and 22 this week so the first episode has the girls arriving at uh mount tanagawa and uh it's basically just them getting out into the basically actually getting to the mountain there's a very elongated climb up the subway stairs and then they have to actually make it out of like the station and then they the episode ends with them actually getting Aoi onto the uh, the ropeway which she you know she was terrified about um <clears throat> they managed to do this by getting Hinata to hold her hand second episode they are exploring the mountain uh, there is a girl there who is a photographer that they noticed at the uh, at the ropeway. Uh, she kind of is going off on her own. Aoi decides to follow her for a little bit. They uh, associate, you know, they kind of make their each other's acquaintance, and then it starts raining, and they make use of their raincoats. Yep. Um, these are okay episodes, I would say. It, it feels a little... So, it, it was funny, right? We we were both kind of commenting before this episode about how weird it is that we got... we That we have a new, seemingly important character in these last couple of episodes introduced. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, episode 21, here's Honoka, their new friend. Right. I guess. Well, what's really funny about that as well is that we found out that apparently this was a common complaint amongst the encouragement of Climb fanbase. Or rather, a lot of people were like, yeah, apparently she was in like a lot of the promotional materials for this show. But only yeah. finally showed up now. Yeah. Um, and I would say the biggest weakness of this is that I do not understand why Aoi decided to just randomly follow this girl. I get Because mm-hmm. they, they go to like... Uh, like a station that's like or like a house that's there is kind of like a safe house that's kind of on their trail 
And for some reason, like, they see her there and she walks out. And Aoi just decides to follow her? Like, I, mm-hmm. I guess I just don't understand why. Um, She was the one who picked up her ticket when Aoi froze in the prior episode, but that's still not really like, uh, like, okay, I'm going to go stalk this girl and see what's go what she, what, you know, what her deal is. Yeah. Um, um, I agree. Uh, it was kind of forced. I think it, it's just mostly there to like tease season three. You're going to learn more about Honoka. Right. I guess. Um, one other thing, I, I guess, I guess the one, one thing I would say that worked for me with this was the nature itself. Like one of the things I've been frustrated with recently with this show was how little time they spent climbing which is right you know the whole thing about the show <laughs> and they really do design their backgrounds well right. and they do really make the the climbs look fun and interesting right um so that the the scenery and just them getting out and going somewhere new was enough for these to be quality episodes overall for me right um, I, I have to say the central conflict here that they keep coming back to over and over and over of Hinata and Aoi, like, terribly afraid of what what will happen to their friendship after they get to the top of Mount Tanigawa. Right. Which is like, clearly you're just gonna still be friends. Do you, <laughs> does either of you really think that you've done all this just as an exchange so you could go back to Mount Tanigawa? Yeah, like, I understand that maybe being, like... Like, sort of a passing thought, almost. Like, huh, I wonder what'll happen to between us now once we nope. go there. The fact that it's, like, being built up as being this big, like, reveal, almost. Like, oh no, like, we're so terrified of what's gonna happen here. Like, what are we gonna do? And it's like, I don't know, you're gonna keep going to mountains together? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you tell me, almost. Like, it... Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know, it... I will say one other thing about this. There, I we kind of poked a little fun at it at first. I did kind of like the staircase scene in episode 22 or 21. Uh, just because I, I kind of like this sort of weird, almost... Not really unseemly, but there, there was something almost strangely mystical about this climb that they had up these yeah. stairs. Like, it, there was just this sort of impending sense of like almost traveling to the other side like what's gonna like there's this sort of infinite possibility of what could be at the top mm-hmm. um and part of that is just based off of the cinematography like i wouldn't be because sh- this looks like this could be a place that really does exist uh, yeah. and i wouldn't be surprised if the reason why they chose that mount Tanagawa as the mountain of their memories specifically just so that they could have an excuse to draw this scene because really the mountain itself is not really that important to the story uh and so i don't i don't know i i thought that was a nice touch at the very least hmm. uh yeah we also managed to get a scene of uh hinata apologizing for bringing on the rain by saying that you know she hopes it rains and then they uh, they they demand that she apologize and she doesn't know who to apologize to so you know yeah it gets pretty mystical she's questioning you know <laughs> the the nature the nature of the universe and divinity <sighs> and like a man 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 and god it, it's very the, <laughs> it's a very encouragement spiritual show. Of, exactly <laughs> encouragement of climb is a pretty pretty high tier uh, uh material uh, really oh. meditating on on the themes of life um <laughs> That that sarcasm aside, do you have anything else, Matt, or should we wrap no, up? No, I think we're ready to wrap up now. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. I just decided I'm the host, and <laughs> uh, goodbye. Later. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshiencast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiencast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime. And until then, keep training.